Hi, this is Joel Scrivener, pastor of Oaks Church in McKinney, Texas. And I wanted to say thank you so much for listening, sharing, and supporting our podcast. I know that today's message is going to inspire you, challenge you, and empower you to fearlessly follow Jesus like never before. Now, let's check out today's message. I was so glad to be here with all of you. Thank you so much for being a part of our church. Uh, Oaks Church um, is just really a dream come true. It's, um, it's our life work, uh, what God has called us to do. Jennifer and I are just thrilled to be here and to be a part, and I'm so grateful for the relationships that we have. It's the most important part. The most important part is the people, God and his people, right? So uh, thank you. Thank you so much. I, I would hate if I was called by God to be a part of a church full of jerks, and I'm just glad that it's you, that you're here and not a bunch of jerks. So uh, anyway, uh, my name is Joel. If we haven't had a chance to meet, I'd love Love to meet you after service. I'll be out in the lobby, my wife and I, and uh, we're just grateful to have the chance to build relationship with you. Uh, we are a work in progress, the two of us. We're not perfect in any way, shape, or form. We need Jesus just as much as you do, and uh, sometimes it shows more than others. Uh, but uh, anyway, we're talking about mental health. This coming month, May, is National Mental Health Awareness Month. Um, this is a serious matter. If you missed last week, check that out. You're going to want to get the details, the information uh, that we shared last week. A lot of scientific, a lot of research. I'm fascinated with um, psychology. I've studied that in college. I love that. My favorite classes. I've been studying it just uh, my own personal pursuits for many, many years. Um, and specifically performance psychology and, and this, the field, new kind of burgeoning field over the last 20, 30 years of positive psychology, learning and understanding thoughts, how the brain works, uh, all the different, you know, sciences that, that go into God's beautiful, incredible creation. So I'm fascinated about this stuff. But I, I'm also aware um, that, that issues, we, we all, we all deal with emotions. We all deal with feelings. We all deal with how people make us feel. And a lot of times what happens is our expectations are not met, and so it triggers certain emotions. Most of, our, most of our feelings or offenses come whenever our expectations are not met. We expected to be treated like this, we were treated like that. We expected to have this kind of uh, experience, and we had that kind of experience, and it affects our feelings and our emotions, and we can find ourselves days down the road from a bad experience where expectations weren't met and we're still mulling through feelings and emotions. And if we don't figure out how to shift and shape and steer and create a, a, a framework of in a positive journey emotionally in our lives, we're gonna find ourselves getting sicker and sicker. Scientists have actually traced now 70% of diseases are connected directly and originate in your thought life. Fascinating. Your thought life, who knew that God in his infinite wisdom would put in the Bible, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Your thinking affects your future. And you might have heard me say in his heart, well, Joel, the heart doesn't think, the mind thinks, your brain actually thinks. No, actually your heart has over 50,000 neurons and your heart has the ability to initiate conversations with your brain. Your gut actually also has neurons. Your gut has the ability to have conversations. Mine is having conversations with me right now about what I'm gonna have after church today, right? But we, we have the, the reality that God's ability and how he created, it's fascinating, fascinating. And years ago, there was a 1950. Nine, a book was written by Alfred Hitchcock. I don't know if you like thrillers or, or murder mysteries or that kind of thing, um, but he wrote a book 
And a movie was made in the, in the year 1960 that changed the world. The movie was called Psycho. Now, anytime you think of the movie Psycho, the sound that's associated with the Psycho is the sound. I mean, some, that was from the 60s, right? So I'm a, I was born in the 70s. Uh, all my education began in the 80s, 79, 80s. And I grew up uh, in the 80s, which was uh, a time where you could just say whatever you felt like saying a lot of times. And we didn't have this PC culture. And you just, you know, if, if somebody was crazy, you called them crazy. Uh, if someone was a psycho, you went, wee, wee. that's what we did growing up, right? We, I mean, that was just part of life. And, and the reality was, it's just a bunch of, you know, good folks and, and all that kind of stuff. I grew up in rural Oklahoma, a little small town called Broken Arrow. But if you're from there, it's Broken Arrow. Uh, it's how you say it. And just good old boys, you know, country boys and whatever. And we had a very strong 4-H program there. And, and, you know, a lot of my friends, we would call them goat ropers is what we'd call them, you know. So, uh, but we, we had some guys in class. And, and a lot of times we would intentionally, I know that teenagers now would never do this, but we would intentionally interact with our teachers to get a rise out of them or whatever. And, and we found out we had this one teacher in geometry. Um, I, I'm not going to say her name. Um, mostly because it was so traumatic I blocked it out. But uh, she, she had some differences in her personality. Uh, first of all, she was an absolute hippie. I don't think she shaved. She probably braided her hair in her armpits. I don't know. She was a very unique individual, 10th grade geometry. I think she, she used salt rocks and rubbed on her or something. I don't, she was just an interesting person. And she had a very significant issue with anyone practicing oral hygiene in public. Don't know why, but some of these good old boys, I mean, again, this is Oklahoma, they would walk around with, like with a whole summer sausage. Like who, who has a snack? I mean, we have little bitty snacks now, but back in the 80s and stuff, it, I, I guess that was, a, you know, snackable was just an entire summer sausage. They, I mean, so after, you know, they're walking through the hallway. This is weird, right? This is what I grew up in. Now you know what's wrong uh, with some of my situations. I, I had a different growing up experience, but these, one guy had floss, another guy had a tooth, and they're doing oral hygiene in class, and our teacher literally is just, loses it, and she's going, and she just can't believe how inappropriate, how anyone would do anything with oral high in public and whatever, whatever, and, and, you know, I made the statement and just was goofing off. I'm like, oh, you're so crazy. Well, the number one rule is you don't tell someone that's crazy that they're crazy. I didn't know this. I found that out this day. She literally slams her hands down on my desk and says, I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy. Don't ever call me crazy. To which all of us look at each other and we're like, ree, ree, ree. I mean, right? I mean, this is like my first experience, you know, with it. And I'm not trying to be insensitive because, guys, there's been times in my life where I've dealt with severe anxiety. I've dealt with panic attacks. I've dealt with depression at different times. And that's not my personality. It was what I was going through and what I was dealing with. And life can throw us some curveballs, right? Life can throw us some, some, some situations that can take us outside of the design that God had for us and the way that he wants us and intends for us to operate. So this word psycho, I know we use it as a joke and all of that, but where does it come from? When you think of a psychosis or a psychologist or, or a psychiatrist or, or someone's psyche, is a word that we would use. All connected, we would, most of us would probably think instantly to the mind. But as I mentioned earlier, there's much more to it than that. 
Your heart is involved in how you think. Your gut is involved in how you think. Your mind, yes, is involved in how you think. But it's more. Your psyche is much more than just your mental capacity. And the reality is that many things that you may be dealing with that are emotional, that are your feelings, that have to do with your mental health and well-being, sometimes those types of things are more spiritual than natural at times. Did you know that in the Old Testament, the first assignment that the shepherd boy David was given in the king's service was to come and play anointed worship music in his presence because there was a demonic assignment against Saul and Saul was dealing, King Saul was dealing with a demonic, tormenting spirit that would make him overwhelmed with anxiety and paranoia and depression and oppression. And he literally would go into fits of rage. And so they brought in a young man to play anointed music and the demonic spirit would go away. Amazing, the powerful uh, uh, power of anointed music. I remember the very first Easter service when I moved into uh, adult uh, ministry. Um, and, and a friend of mine came to service and, and he's a, you know, a very successful businessman. Um, he's Irish Catholic in, in his upbringing. And so he says, because he's Irish Catholic, that God has given him a hall pass on his language because Irish um, Catholics are allowed to cuss extremely. And so he, he literally was in service. He's just, his, that's his deal. He says that, you know, he, he and the Lord have a special relationship. But he, he told me, uh, he was coming to service for his whole family. And, and in service, the worship was powerful. And he comes up to me or he calls me after and he's cussing me out. And he's like, what was that music? What was that? Me? And he's just cussing me up a blue, up and down. What was that music, man? What was that? I, I, man, I'm crying out in front, in front of my kids. I'm ball, I'm crying. And having, he's having this experience and I'm over here laughing while he's cussing at me. And I'm like, man, that's called worship music. He, he'd grown up in a different type of church experience, he'd never experienced an anointed worship set that we kind of take for granted. He's like, that was the most powerful. I, I just couldn't imagine. Guys, I'm telling you, there's something about the presence of God that connects to our psyche, that connects to the innermost part of who we are and how we operate. Jesus would treat things that we would send someone to a doctor for, we would take a prescription for, Jesus would cast out a demon. We medicate things that Jesus would pray and cast out demons. Some of you remember the story where they had been up on the Mount of Transfiguration. Jesus had been transformed into a glorious, uh, his glorious image um, in front of a few of the disciples. They come down and the, the gentlemen that were left behind, the disciples that were down in the city trying to keep the ministry running, had run into a problem they couldn't figure out. And the father of a young man was very upset because he said that my son has a demon and your, your, your disciples couldn't cast it out. So Jesus says, well, tell me what's going on. He says, well, this demon will make him shake and convulse and he'll fall down on the ground and shake and convulse and sometimes the demon will throw him into the fire and sometimes the demon will throw him into water and it's like it's, this demon's trying to kill him. Well, we would call that a seizure, right? They called it a demon. Jesus prayed for the young man, cast out the demon and the seizures went away. So sometimes things in our physical body that we're dealing with, 
that we think of as a physical disease or disorder or a mental disease or disorder, sometimes the root of them and the answer for them is actually spiritual. This word psyche, where does it come from? In the Greek, it's the word suke. I'm gonna take you to a couple of verses. The first one describes us as humans and how God designed us. Genesis chapter two, verse seven. And the Lord God formed man in the dust of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. Soul is the word suke in the Greek. Jesus also talked about his soul. In, in, uh, in Matthew chapter 26, the Genesis reference is actually in Hebrew, um, in Greek, in the New Testament, but it's the same basic word, that's the same basic connotation, soul. Then he said to them, my soul, Jesus, is exceedingly sorrowful even unto death. Stay here and watch with me. He went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying, oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will but as you will be done. And then Jesus said to them, pray that you won't fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. What is the soul? What is the soul? When we think in our modern culture, we say that person has soul, right? You, 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 we could use that word a lot of different ways. I'm with you, heart and soul. Man, that hurts my soul. What does that really mean? Soul. Well, when I grew up in children, did anybody go to children's church growing up? Anybody go to children? I mean, so I grew up in the, in the originally in the 70s, so I, so, and then in the 80s, we didn't have all the stuff, like we didn't have screens, and we didn't have veggie tails, and VH, we didn't have any of that kind of stuff, right? We had flannel graphs. Anybody know what a flannel graph? Okay, we got some, they got some serious Jesus followers in here that know what a flannel graph is. A flannel graph was a piece of like wood covered in felt, and, and, and we didn't, I mean, I don't know. I mean, obviously TVs existed, but in the little churches that we grew up in, they had these pieces of felt and it would be a backdrop and they would take other pieces of felt and they would stick it on there and they would have these little characters and birds and animals and the manger scene and all the different stuff, Adam and even the garden. It was, they would move the little felt pieces around and do their little illustration. It was a flannel graph. That was how we learned, right? And, and then you move into the 80s and in the 80s, they came out with puppets. Oh my gosh, the Muppets were huge. Remember the Muppets in the 80s? Every church had to have a puppet team. Man, I was on a traveling puppet team in kids' ministry. Man, and listen, when you're on the puppet team, you gotta have some skills because you can't move the top head because in their heads you're doing, it's all about thumb dexterity, right? You gotta make sure when you're doing puppets. But man, it was, that's how we grew up. But I remember the lessons from children's church and this is what they taught me growing up. They said, they said you are a spirit you have a soul and you live in a body. Anybody ever heard that before? That's what we were taught growing up. You have a spirit, you are a spirit, you have a soul, you live in a body. And I just kind of bought that and believed it and, and it's good and there's nothing necessarily horribly wrong with it, but it doesn't quite fully add up biblically. And now as I'm looking into things biblically, the idea of there being three parts of a human versus two parts of a human, there, there are some differences here 
And the reality is that the word for spirit in the Hebrew and the word for soul in the Hebrew are interchangeably used all through scripture. They're used for the exact same things. In the Greek, the word for spirit and the word for soul are used interchangeably all through the scriptures. So your spirit and your soul are actually pretty much the same thing. This word suke, which translates into English, psyche. Your psyche, your soul. When you were created, the Bible says in Genesis 2 that God breathed his actual breath into you, the breath of life, and mankind became a living soul. That male and female, he created them in his image. They were living souls, a different class of creation, different than the animal kingdom. You may sometimes act like an animal. You're not one. You're not an animal. You're not part of the animal kingdom. You did not come from slime. You did not come from a little rat named Mindy that's in the science thing in Washington, D.C. You didn't come from the monkey. You didn't come from that. God made humans different than animals. Humans have a soul and a spirit interchangeably, all one. One of the explanations is that your spirit part, your spirit and soul are the same, but your spirit is how you relate to God and your soul is how you relate to humans, but it's actually the same. It's your breath of life. It's what makes you distinctly, uniquely different than the animal kingdom. You're made in the God class, not the animal class. You're in the God kingdom, not the animal kingdom. Animals are smart. Animals have emotions. Animals do not have an eternal spirit. Will there be animals in heaven? Yes, the Bible talks about animals in heaven. Talks about dogs, talks about lions and lambs and things like that. You know what the Bible never talks about? Cats. <laughs> saying, I'm just saying, we have a cat. Her name is Muffin. She's a vicious outdoor farm killing machine. We love her. She's a demon. Um, Actually, one of the studies that I read that Hebrews didn't like cats because they were a massive part of the Egyptian culture and were connected to their afterlife and their demonic gods and things of that nature. So see, it's actually biblical. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you know. Um, listen, if there was Camp Meow Meow next door, I would not have bought this building. That's all I'm trying to tell you. I'm just playing, having a good time with you today. No, cats are great. Oh, moving on. I'm moving. I about, I about went next level with that. I'm just going to back off because I actually do like cats. I like all animals. Um, but this idea of a soul is different and distinct from any other part of creation. Any other part of creation. There will be animals in heaven, but animals don't. The only way that you go to heaven, like a, a living being that goes to heaven, is through faith in Jesus Christ. It's through the acceptance and the identification of, of who you are in Jesus Christ. That's how you go to heaven. So there'll be animals there, but animals that perish here go back to the dust. You have an eternal component, your spirit soul component. So when Jesus described the battle that goes on inside of a human being, he said, the spirit is willing, the flesh is weak. When he talks about uh, the, the soul of a, of a person, it talks about the emotional components of the person, but it's connected into how you engage and how you interact on an eternal level. Your soul is eternal alongside of, it's the same 
as your spirit. They're connected together. Your soul is the connection between the spiritual and the physical realms. I want to talk to you about a specific part of this because um, in Scripture, Jesus makes a statement in Luke chapter 21. He's talking about what's going to happen whenever he leaves. He's talking about tribulation. He's talking about persecution. He's talking about all kinds of things that are about to happen to his followers. And he makes a statement that I've read over a thousand times and and I never really caught the fullness of it. And I'm gonna share these three specific words with you today that make up a statement of Jesus that have radically transformed how I think about this concept of the soul. Luke chapter 21, verse 16, Jesus says, you will be betrayed even by parents and brothers, relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to death. This is not a good message. Your parents, your friends, your brothers, your sisters, they will betray you on account of me, and some of you will be put to death by your own families. That does not sound like a warm and fuzzy message or invitation to me. If some of you, if that was our whole thing of, hey, come be a part of Oaks Church, some of you will be put to death by your own family, but please join Oaks Church. It's not a good sales pitch, right? But Jesus made that statement. He said, and you will be hated by all for my name's sake, but not a hair of your head shall be lost. By your patience, possess your souls. Or as the King James Version says, in patience, possess your own soul. That word soul, I mentioned earlier, is the word that we translate in English, psyche. Your, and when you look in the dictionary at the word psyche, it doesn't only say the mind. It says spirit, soul, mind, your psyche. So, so all of this stuff, when we're, when we're just looking at the psychological whatever, the real root of it is connected to spirit and soul, not only in the mind. It's not only a mind illness. It's not only a brain illness. Can there be that? Yes, there can. But there's a spirit-soul connectivity to your psyche that cannot be ignored. In fact, it's possible that your answer lies in that side of it. In patience, possess your soul. The word patience is one of our least favorite words. No kid likes the word patience. Kids want what they want, and they want it right now, right? Some adults want what they want. They want it right now. We don't like patience. That's not, when someone tells you to be patient, we think it has four letters in it. It's a bad word. We don't want to hear it. But the Bible talks about patience as a virtue, it talks about patience as something that's incredibly important. It talks about it being part of the nature of God and one of the fruits of the Spirit. Uh, it talks about patience specifically as one of the reasons that you go through hard times. In fact, James, the brother of Jesus, said this, when you go through tough times, rejoice always. When bad stuff happens, rejoice always. When a rock flies up and hits your windshield and cracks it going down the highway, rejoice always. When you get a giant tax bill you didn't expect, rejoice always. When, when your spouse gets mad and you have to sleep on the couch, rejoice always. When your kids get an F and they're not gonna graduate, rejoice always. All the things that happen, somebody gets sick in life and they die, rejoice always. What? It's just such a crazy concept. But there's an answer in it 
because it's an answer that connects to your soul. We talked last week a lot about the science of your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions. They're all, when you have a thought, a feeling, an emotion, it's not just some random wispy whatever. It's a bioelectric uh, explosion inside of your body or electromagnetic explosion. It's a biochemical response. You're literally creating chemicals in your body with your thoughts, feelings, emotions, expectations, your words. All those different things have massive impact inside of your physical body on a regular basis. And patience learning the skill set of patience, learning the virtue of patience in the midst of trials is massively important. Why, the Bible says? Because the testing of your faith develops patience, and that patience or perseverance, when it's finished, is worth, it will perfect you in that, in that situation, and it will be worth more than gold, is what James says, James, the brother of Jesus. It's an incredible reality in our lives, that patience is one of the things that God is trying to produce in you. It's one of the reasons that he allows you to go through the horrific things that he allows us to go through. I can't tell you how many times I was angry, mad at God for him allowing me. I know you can change this, God. I know you have the power. Why are you letting this happen to me? I was so angry at times. But he was trying to produce something in me. Patience, worth more than gold. And patience possess your own soul. The word for possess is to acquire, to get, to procure, or to purchase something for yourself, to take ownership of, possess. In patience, possess your suke, your psyche, your own soul the spiritual and mental and emotional part of you that sets you apart from all the other parts of creation, sets you apart from the animal kingdom, sets you apart from the plant kingdom, sets you apart from everything else. It's the part of you that puts you in the God class, the God kingdom made in his image according to his likeness, your suke, your psyche. With all patience, take ownership, possess, purchase, your own soul. That's a command from Jesus. In the midst of storm, in the midst of betrayal, in the midst of hatred, in the midst of hurt, in the midst of people trying to kill you, in the midst of people trying to hate you just because you, of who you stand for. In patience, patience is the point. The commandment is to possess, take authority, take ownership of what? your soul, your emotions, your feelings. What does that say? I'll tell you what that says to me. Number one, it says to me that your soul is your responsibility. Number one. Let me put it in the next way I'm gonna say it. Your emotions are your responsibility. Your feelings are your responsibility. And let me tell you why you don't like that. Because we live in a world that wants to blame. It's not going right in America, blame this party, blame these people. It's not going to right in the next five years from now, blame that party, blame those people. Blame. Well, that, that somebody cut me off in traffic. Now I'm mad for days. So they did this, they did that, they said this, they said that. I'm mad for days. It's their fault. They did this, they made me, they, them. They didn't give me the opportunity. They looked over me. They, they profiled me. They judged me. 
they, they did this, they said that, I'm a victim of this, it's only because of that. Blame, that's the world we live in. Nobody wants to take responsibility for anything, especially how they feel. I'm just living my truth. Oh, I wanna slap people when they say that. You don't get your truth, you psycho. Just staying on theme. You don't get your truth. There's only one truth. Truth is a being. His name is Jesus. He's the way, the truth, and the life. You don't get your own. You don't get to make up your own truth. There's one truth. If you choose not to believe in the truth, then you believe a lie. The number one definition of the word true is something that doesn't change. So how can it be your truth if you were this way and now you're that way? You used to be like this and now you're like that. You used to feel like this and now you feel like that. Your truth is, there's one truth, his name is Jesus, he never changes. I am the Lord, I do not change, that's in the book. We wanna blame, blame it on our heritage, blame it on our race, blame it on a country, blame it on a gender, blame it on the patriarchy, blame it on this, blame it on that, blame, 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 blame. Jesus said, in patience, you take ownership of your soul. You take ownership of your feelings. You take ownership of, of your identity as a, uh, as a follower of Jesus Christ, as, as a child of the living God. You take ownership of your emotions. You don't get to blame. Somebody else may have done something to you. Something may have not been fair, but you are responsible for your feelings. You're responsible for your soul, your emotions. I may mess up and I may hurt your feelings. I get emails, I get texts, I get people upset at me, it happens all the time. Well, you did this and you did that and you said this and you said that, it happens all the time. I'm not perfect, I'm a human, I'm gonna mess up, I'm gonna miss things, I'm gonna miss an email, I'm gonna miss a phone call. I mean, there's 800 people that are part of our church or more. It's hard sometimes, you're juggling stuff. People are gonna fail me, people are gonna let me down, people are gonna disappoint me, people are gonna not meet my expectations, it's gonna happen all the time. It's called life. My feelings are my responsibility. Listen, let me say, let me say it like this. It may be someone else's fault but it's your responsibility. So if I offend you or if I have offended you, I'm really, really, really sorry. Please give me grace. I need lots of it. Bucket loads, dump truck fulls. Please give me grace. If you're still angry, still offended, still mad, that's your responsibility to sort that out with Jesus. If you wanna come talk, come talk. But don't sit there in toxic emotions as if you have some right to stay offended and hurt because so-and-so and so-and-so and this and that and whatever, Jesus said, you possess your soul. I have to possess mine? 
You have to possess yours. And I know I'm not speaking, listen, I mean, there's not a single person, there's no situation, there's nobody sitting in this room that I'm talking to you and I'm like, I know you're offended me, Randy. I know that way you've been looking at me, Nancy, this whole time, just looking at me, sitting back there with your arms crossed. I, these are wonderful people, they're not offended at me. In fact, I don't think I can offend you, Randy. Is it possible? I've tried so many times. There's not, there's not a situation, I'm just talking theoretically, this can happen. And people leave churches left and right because their feelings are hurt about something. They're offended about something. They don't like something. And they uproot themselves and they go somewhere else. And next thing you know, they go from place to place to place to place and they're not planted anymore. They're potted. They're potted. And anybody that does any gardening knows Something that's in the ground does significantly different than something that's in a pot. If you're in a pot, you, you, you have, you're limited to the size of your pot. But when you're planted in the house of the Lord, the Bible says you'll flourish in the courts of your God. So why am I saying this? I'm saying this because if you're going to flourish in God's courts, you need to be planted in his house. And we gotta get over all these reasons why we get offended to church. Come on, guys, we're, we're, we're the salt of the earth. We're the city on the hill. And we're just as offended as everybody else. We're just as divided as everybody else. We've gotta figure this thing out. We've gotta figure out how to possess our own souls, how to take control of our emotions, how to take ownership, that's the first step, is responsibility. Nothing changes until you take responsibility. Nothing changes until I take responsibility. We can't fix it until we take responsibility. As long as we're still doing this, nothing gets fixed. Is this okay? I know I'm a little aggressive. That's just my personality. I'm just a... I'm, I'm going to offend my wife. There are things that are gonna be my fault. Her feelings are her responsibility. She's gonna offend me. There's gonna be things that are her fault, way more than, than are my fault, obviously, of course, because again, I have the microphone. She didn't wanna come up here, so that's, that's all. She can't defend herself. Uh, anyway. Her emotions are her responsibility. Mine are my responsibility. <laughs> this is gonna be our new dialogue. Babe, I know that was my fault, but your feelings are your responsibility. I mean, you said so on Sunday. You said it, Joel. Your responsibility. Sorry I did that. Now it's on you. But it's real, guys. It's real. And, and we sit there and we stay in a place with our feelings Have you ever been so hurt at someone? I remember a season where there was a betrayal season in my life and I was so hurt that every time I would think about that person, I would get physically sick, lose my appetite. I mean, there were seasons where every time I would think about a certain situation, I would instantly go into rage and just, rah, 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 I'm sorry. Nobody relates to that. It's not healthy. People are always gonna do something wrong. That's just life. We have to take ownership. 
of our own soul. We have to take responsibility. Here's the last point that I have for you today. Because God does have a solution. We're gonna talk in the, in the weeks to come. We're gonna talk a lot, very practical things. I'm gonna talk to you about how to, how to actually win the battle in your mind. Um, specifically, how to win the battle in your mind. It's a mental battle. It's an emotional battle. You have a demonic enemy. He sends all types of tormentors. He's constantly trying to make your mind sick because if he can make your psyche sick, he can affect your entire being. And really, the reason he's attacking our psyche so much is because our psyche is our spirit, soul, mind connection all melded into one. It's, it, it's the part that goes into eternity, and the enemy does not want you going to the right destination in eternity, so he wants you soul sick. He wants you soul sick. And he knows if he can affect your soul, he can affect your body. So we'll talk a lot about very practical things, taking thoughts captive, how to actually you know, program your mind, reprogram your, there's lots of things you can do using the word of God. We'll talk about God's version of, of meditation and, and trans, mental transformation. There's all kinds of amazing things. Your Bible is a mental health manuscript, period. It's the greatest mental health manuscript ever invented, ever written, ever created, because it came from the creator of the psyche, God himself. But as I was Looking through my notes and, 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 and praying through this, the Lord gave me one final point for today. And it's, it's simply a question. Is God the God of your soul? Now, before you answer that, remember your soul is the seat of your emotions. Is Jesus Christ the Lord of your emotions? Have you made Jesus Christ the Lord of your feelings? Have you submitted your feelings to him? Illustration, I was praying one time and I was upset at another Christian. And I was talking to God about this other Christian. And I was not saying nice things because I was frustrated. I was emotional. I had feelings about this other Christian. And in my prayer life, as I'm complaining, the Lord spoke to my spirit and said, hey, that's my kid you're talking about. It's my kid you're talking about. You wanna see, you wanna see Jennifer and I get protective? Mess with my girls. Oh, uh, you'll say he's a pastor? You'll see a whole other side. You'll see the side of Joel that still needs uh, sanctification. <laughs> don't mess with my kids, man. Don't mess with my girls. Don't mess with, don't mess with my kids. How much more? How much more does your heavenly father love and protect you and his other kids. We got to remember when we're all in our feelings, we're all in our emotions, we're all in our anger, we're all in our resentment, we're all in our whatever, all these different things at someone else. That's his kid. When's the last time you asked permission to have feelings? When's the last time you asked God permission to have certain emotions about something? Look, I know it's, it's, sometimes it just happens and whatever, whatever, 
But those are the moments, we'll walk through this in the future, those are the moments where you have to learn how to submit those things to Christ and to make him the Lord of your soul, spirit, soul, mind, your emotions, the seed of your humanity, all that. He's gotta be the Lord of that. Is it the Lord of your fears? Is it the Lord of your worries? Is it the Lord of anxieties? Is it the Lord of all of these different maladies that can manifest inside of our mind? Have you made him Lord? Do you submit it to him? Do you give it to him? Or do you sit in it and soak in it and stew in it and obsess on it and compound it? Is this too real? So step one is take responsibility. Step two is make him Lord in it. Make him Lord in it. We can come into church, we have, we're gonna worship again in a second. You can, man, you get in the presence of God, the, the, just like David, worship atmosphere, demons flee. You can go out this parking lot, someone cuts you off on Custer, and you can right back in it. What are you gonna do in that moment? Take responsibility. This is my emotion, this is my soul, I have to possess it. I gotta take ownership of this. Number two, submit it to Jesus. Jesus, you're the God of my emotions. You're the God of my soul. You're the God of my feelings. I submit this feeling to you. I ask you to help me, teach me, show me. Guys, this can really help somebody today. This might, this might change somebody's entire life today. And I'm not saying I'm perfect at it. This is, a, this is a work in process I've been working through. It's just like everybody else, I've been through some stuff, but I gotta take ownership of my feelings. I gotta take possession of my soul. Amen? Amen? Let's do this for a moment. Let's just, just kind of have a, a moment. If you just close your eyes and um, just allow the Holy Spirit to, to speak to you and to reveal things to you. you. You may be going to a chemical to deal with an emotion. giving up control instead of taking possession and ownership. You may be opting out instead of giving Jesus lordship. <clears throat> Look, everybody, everybody's got their eyes closed. Nobody's looking around. If you wanna make Jesus Christ the Lord of your emotions today, submit your emotions, your feelings, your soul to Jesus today. That you, would you just be bold enough right now just to raise your hand, just take that one step of faith. I'm giving my emotions to Jesus. I'm giving him lordship of my soul. I'm giving him lordship of my feelings. That's good, thank you. You can put your hand down, praise God. Just pray this with me across the room. Say, Father, forgive me. Forgive me for my offenses, my attitudes, my opinions, my blaming. I take responsibility today. I take possession of my own soul. I choose patience. I choose grace. Jesus, I make you Lord of my soul. Lord of my emotions. I submit my feelings to you and ask you to help me with them. Teach me, guide me. In the name of Jesus, 
name of Jesus. Amen. We pray this message has blessed your life. And if it has, we want to invite you to sow into what God is doing here at Oaks Church. It's as simple as going to oakschurch.com and clicking the Give button. On behalf of Oaks Church, thanks for listening and have a great week.